Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nottingham Playcast. The podcast is about to begin. Please take your seats. Hello and welcome to Nottingham Playcast. It's a very exciting month this. We're beginning our second season of Nottingham Playcast. We've filled 12 full months. I'm here with our digital producer, Fraser Youngson. And Fraser, you've been pretty busy. I have, yeah. We've done a full year's worth of podcasting now. So we're starting season two. It's all very exciting. We've got two really good interviews coming up for you on this episode. Today listening for an interview about the party somewhere else, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic festival of work um, led by female and non-binary artists. But first, I gather you met the director of our upcoming show on the stage. I spoke to Adele Thomas and she's a real character. It's a really exciting interview. Let's hear it. I am joined today by Adele Thomas, the director of Memory of Water. How are you today, Adele? I'm great. How are you? Very well, thank you. We are in the pod in the Nottingham Playhouse. Mm-hmm. You've just been doing some costume fittings. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what, what you've been doing. Well, we've had a full day today. We started rehearsal at 10 o'clock. We normally start with a game of volleyball. That's how we kick off the day every very day. Nice. <laughs> it gets very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then the cast do some vocal warm-ups and they get themselves focused. And then um, we work through the play. And then today we did a run of Act One, which was great fun. Uh, and then straight after that, I came to do a bit of technical R&D, which um, I'll keep a bit talk of, about, we're not allowed, we? this is embargoed, we're not allowed to talk about that, and that was brilliant, and then I've just popped in to see um, a costume in the play, which is a really important costume, it's a very iconic costume in the play, mm-hmm. um, which probably, again, I can't really talk about, <laughs> ah! but, um, uh, so that was really good fun, it's been a very full, brilliant day, now we're podcasting, here we go. It's all going real well. Well, it's gone brilliantly. Fantastic, I <laughs> thought we'd maybe start by talking about the plot of the show, mm. just for people that maybe don't know the story. Sure. So it's, again, it's one of those plays that almost every five minutes there's a big revelation Mm -hmm. that happens. So I can't say a lot about the plot, but essentially the kind of premise of the play is that um, three sisters, Catherine, Mary and Teresa, have um, come back to their mother's house because their mother has passed away. Mm -hmm. And it's the day before their mother's funeral um, and they've come back to prepare for the funeral and to be together. Uh, But like any of these occasions... The coming together of the sisters and the coming together of the family means that some very old, deep wounds are being opened up with um, in the event of their mother's death. So other than that, I don't know if I can say anything, but it's a um, very beautifully poetic play. It's very, it's very moving, it's, but it's really, really funny. And it's very darkly funny, but the yeah. ca- the, those, that cast of women are just hysterical. They're so brilliant. Um, in fact, the whole cast are just really, really brilliant, really funny. And really human, gorgeous, profound actors. So uh, it's all really exciting. Feels really real, doesn't it? It does. Especially those three sisters. I came and saw some rehearsals last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it looked really, really, really special, especially that when the mother and maybe the oldest, daughter was talking to each other yeah the second oldest yeah it's the middle child the three the three daughters are kind of uh brilliant i mean it's an amazing play for women it's an amazing play for actors just full stop but it is an amazing play for female actors because the three main characters are really extraordinary women they're really fucked up women they're really messy they're really obnoxious they're really they're really funny they're all the things that women generally aren't allowed to be on stage basically there's it's a kind of to see that. oh it's so it's brilliant and i think that's a, there's a you know there's a lot of women will say that that often female characters end up kind of coming on and either they're siphons for a male character or they have to be really pure and brilliant, well-behaved. 
<laughs> and these women definitely aren't that. They're completely off the chain, really. These They're just bonkers. And the three of them, Teresa is the older sister, so she's been burdened with the responsibility of trying to keep the family together or trying to keep the funeral on track um, while her other sisters, Mary, who's the middle child and who's a neurologist and has the, she does that amazing thing in the play where she's a really high profile neurologist in her life but because she's come home to a family home it's like she's become a teenager again yeah. which I think everybody so does. So the family dynamic comes yeah, back in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just, I mean, I always feel that. I don't know if you but I, I did an opera at the Royal Opera House recently and went home to my parents the weekend after we opened it and immediately, you know, I went from like running an opera Attack <laughs> to then go to my mum's house and be like, Mum, oh my god, oh, I want some food. Where's my tea room? Yeah, where's my tea room? Oh my god, don't ask me about that. It's just ridiculous. So, uh, <laughs> and so she does a bit of that, and um, but she's the one who has a relationship with her mother in the play that we see on stage. Um, and then Catherine, who's the youngest daughter, who is absolutely, I mean, so far off the rails that you would swear that rail travel hadn't been invented yet she's just <laughs> absolutely losing the plot basically wow yeah so they're really fantastic characters. real great mix yeah brilliant and you've got two male actors as well there it's are not some just men. the three sisters we we do allow men into the rehearsal room poor things they're in a room full of about <laughs> seven alpha, ma- alpha females how are they coping i think they're gonna need a lot of therapy after this. <laughs> no, they're brilliant. They're doing brilliantly. They're amazing. They they are really gorgeous. And they, I mean, all the characters in the play are incredible. They're really brilliant. And Nick, who plays Mike, one of the male characters, he was saying last night because we did a post show, a pre show kind of talk last night about the show, yeah. and um, he was saying that it's a dream play for actors because there's not a bad role really they're all really well realized characters they're all dream parts they're all gorgeous wonky kind of brilliant characters and is there like maybe a moment I know you said you're not really you can't really tell us much because there's so many revelations Mm. during the play is there one bit that you're most looking forward to seeing in front of an audience that's really interesting I yeah I it's a strange one this one because I think you're absolutely right that it's very real it is like completely it, it reads like naturalism it reads it is completely there's nothing in it that's like outlandish or wouldn't happen in a normal situation but there's such a deep rip of kind of poetry that runs through the middle of it it's really in the way that often real life can be really poetic and really uh-huh. suddenly very magical um, and I like to call it's my favourite thing that it's the balance of the epic and the mundane and so it's interesting that there are some kind of quite epic moments in it, but they're very tiny. And it's actually allowing the audience to kind of live with those characters that I'm looking forward to the most. I think that'll be really interesting. I did a play called The Weir by Conor McPherson, and it reminds me a lot of this play, okay. which is the, the Weir is basically five people just sat in a pub talking to each other, telling ghost stories. And the thing that I loved, the feedback I loved having the most from that play was audiences would say, oh, it's like we were in the pub with them. I felt like we were just in the pub with them. Yeah. And I think that's really magical. If you can make people forget that they're in you know an auditorium yeah that you kind of completely consume them and I think that'll be really it'll be great to see if that happens on this show I'm sure it will let's hope so let's hope so that's (laughs) what we need I thought we were in the bedroom with them that's a bit weird (laughs) isn't it slightly weird yeah, especially some of the stuff that happens <laughs> it's so true in this play yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe slightly true. weird but maybe it will but maybe for some people that's what gets them off who maybe knows maybe that's what they're there for yeah <laughs> tell me a little bit about this set 
because mm. you're moving into tech week soon and you're going to be working oh on God. that, which is very exciting. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the sex. There's some, it's yeah. all set in one room, is that it right? It is. Yes, it is. And I think usually the thing to do with this play would be to set it in a very realistic room because everything is laid out in the script. You need a bed, you need a wardrobe, you need a dressing table, you need, you know, you need a bedroom, basically. Mm-hmm. You need a telephone, you need a window. But we've kind of moved away from having a fully realised, realistic set because A, I think those sets are quite old-fashioned nowadays. I'm sorry. That, look, I'm not saying that all of them are. Of course I'm not. Of course but not. but it felt like maybe having a set like that would anchor the play too much in a kind of ache-borny, recognisable sitcom mm-hmm. kind of world. And also I've kind of got all sorts of kind of questions about when you try to realise something that's completely real – then what is the artistic statement of that? Because inevitably all you do is you draw attention to how, how fake it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, that's a kind of argument for Marcel Duchamp. But the, um, so we kind of, and, and also because there's some, there's a kind of culture in the play that's being explored that is really interesting. And it's the culture of women's spaces that are otherwise completely hidden. And what I think is really magnificent about this play and, all the cast have kind of learned this as we've been doing it, is that it's made us really think about our mums a lot more. Yeah. And all of us have had random, you know, made random phone calls to our mums to go, are you all right? How are you? What's going on? Because it deals so much with how we take our mums for granted. And then when they're gone, what that, um, you know, what, what we learn about ourselves and what we learn about them. And the mum in the play, Vi, is a woman who's come from that generation of women who would have matching handbags and shoes. And they would buy tailored dresses and they would go to cocktail functions and they would have um, dressing tables with... Um, matching glass uh, sets with hairbrush and a mirror uh, and everything matching and um, iridescent uh, makeup boxes and secret, um, what are they called, the little kind of <laughs> perfume bottles and all these kind of, what are they called? Oh, you'll come back to me in the middle of the night and I have to come back on and have a little <laughs> postscript at the end of the podcast to kind of shout what it was. Uh, and everything would be matching and they'd smoke a cigarette while they were having the back of their dress done up and they put their, they'd powder their faces. And that world of women does not exist anymore. But also it's not a public space. So it's something that as a girl and as a young girl, I think you... Um, you might kind of come across those little moments. You might find your mum's makeup box and it becomes suddenly the most glamorous thing you've ever seen in your entire life, even though it's very ordinary and it's very um, cheap or commonplace or whatever. Um, so I kind of wanted to burst that open a little mm-hmm. bit. And me and Laura, who's the designer, who's an amazing designer, Laura Hopkins, we talked a lot about that feeling and that strange, sacred female space and the things in houses that don't exist anymore like curtains like of course we have curtains in our houses now but you know there's a that generation where you had like layers upon layers of curtains and like bits of curtain at the top and long curtains and then under curtains and that doesn't exist anymore so oh maybe sorry sorry if your house is covered in curtains (laughs) but the um but it feels like it belongs to a very certain generation of women and uh, so we've created a set which is basically a large curtained box and within it there's a void kind of high shining black floor and then um, some recognisable pieces of furniture which are very specifically from a kind of uh, mid-20th century slightly kitsch world of matching uh, wardrobe sets that me and Laura just fell in love with because I love kitsch anyway. I mean, I'm obsessed <laughs> with uh, with kitsch. Um, and so it's quite heightened and quite... Um, abstract in a strange yeah. way it's like abstract and real at the same time and then the centre of the space um, 
is on a revolve so then the space can kind of completely turn around and you can see the same scene from different angles or you can look at the room from different angles and I think that'll be really fun to play with next week because we can't play with the revolve in the rehearsal room at the moment so of course have you done any productions with a revolve before? No, this? this is my first show on a revolve. So you're excited for I'm it? I'm so excited. Basically, what? it didn't matter what the show was going to be, I was going to get a bloody revolve in. <laughs> no, it's not true. Are they in but fashion right now, revolve? Just everyone's doing revolve right now. So we need to be revolving. I mean, why aren't we on a revolve doing this podcast? Because I'd be sick, I think. <laughs> but that'd be fine. I'm looking forward to learning how sick the actors are going to get yes, on a revolve. <laughs> that'd be interesting. Final thing for me. Mm. What do you want people to take away from the show? Ooh, I want them to immediately go and ask their mothers a hundred thousand questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's always lovely, I think, to see something that feels really human and recognisable. And I don't mean that in a kind of, it's mundane. You know, I, I mean, it's, it kind of gets you now and again, this play. It really pierces mm-hmm. you and kind of goes, oh, I know what that is. Like you've been punched in the stomach and you go, oh God, I recognise what that feels like. Um, so I just hope that people see a bit of themselves in, in it and see their mums in it. So we're hoping for lots of phone calls home to mum after the show. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, I'm going to phone my mum right now. In fact, it's her birthday in two days' time and I haven't got her a card yet. In fact, it's not in two days' time, it's in one day. So I am not preaching my... I'm not I'm not the best preacher of my message. I'm literally <laughs> abandoning my mum to make this show about mums. Well, I'm sure she'll get a card. She will. It we're might being be, inter- might interrupted be right now, aren't we, by yeah. the house announcements. It's so rude. So we'll leave it there. <laughs> Thank you very much, Adele. <laughs> my pleasure thank you great chat there with Adele she's huge fun and I can testify that the event she mentioned which was a members event that's my department yeah you were running that I I had the honour of chairing that it was fabulous it it was really good fun she brought along Beth Cordingly and Nick Bailey who are both in the cast amazing actors aren't they great time it's going to be a terrific show I think really interesting it's got an all female creative team as well Mm -hmm. behind Adele and, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun Sure is, and we've yeah. got to wish Adele's mum a happy birthday. We must we? wish Adele's mum a happy birthday. Happy Even birthday, if Adele's Adele has forgotten, we haven't. <laughs> and Fraser, haven't you got something to say along those lines? Oh, I suppose it's my mum's birthday soon as well. So happy birthday to uh, Sui. Happy birthday. Fantastic. And to all other mums out there. Yeah. Uh, the ones who have birthdays. Fantastic. Well, there we are. Let's talk about the party somewhere else. Yes. Now, this is a huge event. It happened here last year. It created a, a buzz and energy around the building like nothing I've ever seen in here, I think. Um, the whole space was taken over. Lots of things happening. Um, and it's all around a theme, isn't it? It certainly is. It's all about female creatives. And, and we're going to hear from two of them now, aren't we? We certainly are. Kath and Alwyn, who are part of the collective who make the whole thing happen. So let's get this party started. So I'm joined today by Kath and Owen from the party somewhere else. How are you both today? Really well, thank you. Yeah, brilliant. We're excited to come talk to you. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having us. I feel us. very special today. Well, you, you are. are special. You are. Oh, yeah. thank you very much. So we're here to talk about the party somewhere else. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Well, the party somewhere else is a collective of female theatre makers uh, who came together about two and a half years ago. Uh, to platform and showcase work made by women and non-binary artists and really platform a diverse spectrum of the female experience. And our kind of biggest, most exciting event is a week-long festival here at the Nottingham Playhouse. We did the first inaugural festival last year and it was a roaring success and we're back this year 
from May the 14th to the 19th. Yeah, and it's going to be really exciting and really fun and really we're celebrating all that amazing work, not only that we've programmed, but also all the amazing work that's going on and being made that isn't necessarily seen all the time. And what kind of work are you going to be showcasing then? Tell, tell us a little bit about what's, what you've been working on. So we've got we've got a load of really exciting shows and this year we've really tried to push it to make sure that we are representing a really broad range of people and also audiences. So we've got a lot more children's theatre this year that we didn't really have last year. We've got Margot and Mr. What's It, which you're very excited about, very aren't you, Kat? excited about, yes. <laughs> Um, which should be really good fun. Um, we've got a collaboration with the Spiegel Tent, which is also really exciting. So we have some shows that are happening in there. So we're kind of breaking out of the Playhouse a little bit to have some amazing events going on there. Um, we've got a broad range of different stories to tell, which we're really excited about. So we've got Blood, Sweat and Vaginas, which kind of deals a little bit more in older women and menopause and dealing with those things Mm -hmm. Um, but we've also got algorithms which is based around a character who is dating and is bisexual so all of her experiences within that and that's looking to be really fun and really funny and that's one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to we have an amazing show called adventures in menstruating um, which is all to do with, I guess, taking away the taboo of, of periods. And it's an amazing comedy that everyone's going to enjoy, if you think that those two things can go together, which we do. And we have some amazing, just straight straightforward comedy, like The Question, which is kind of a... It's improv, isn't it? So, like, it's an improv musical um, event that happens. It will be different every night that's going to be on our Saturday night so really getting the party started but there's so much work I don't know if I can't mention all of them and it's really frustrating so I'm like ah yeah this one this one this one I think I just want to see them all (laughs) yeah we're really proud I think of how kind of rich the program is and like what a diverse spectrum of of work both in terms of the stories that are being told but also the styles through which they're told and we don't have people often ask that do you have a theme that you ask for but the only thing we ask for when we're putting out a call out for applications is that women and non-binary artists have at least 50% of the creative agency so are the people who are really making the decisions and driving the work so it doesn't necessarily matter if you like what the story is about but it's about who's got a voice in the room who's making the decisions so we have such a wide spectrum of work that, that comes in through the call out and I think as a result got a really exciting, really varied programme and hopefully a bit of something for everyone of all genders and, and all ages. Yeah. I mean, this year, one of the shows I'm most excited about as well is called Dad Man, and that's mm-hmm. to do with um, fathers and fatherhood, but also having young children. But one of the great things about that show as well is that parents can bring their very young babies and that's an environment which they have set up so that you can watch the show and you don't feel restricted by childcare, which a lot of people are. But that is one of the shows I'm also really excited Mm. about that we've got this year. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because you're trying to open it to as wide an audience as possible. Yes. So 
I know outreach and accessibility is really important to the collective, isn't it? Tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing for the festival. So we've got a lot planned to make the festival as accessible to as many people as possible because we're really proud of our programme. And at the same time, I think we all feel really strongly that it's not enough just to put on a really good programme of events and say to people, hey, buy a ticket, come along, because there are a whole lot of reasons why that may be difficult or not possible for a lot of people. So Owen just mentioned the show Dad Man. So um, one of the things we're doing is providing crash facilities, Mm -hmm. hopefully for that show and also for a workshop that we're putting on on the Friday so that parents and carers of young children are able to access those events and more details will be on on the website we've got a really big focus on well-being and accessibility wrapped around the whole festival so that includes um, lots of liaison with the artists and tour well packs for the artists so that they feel as welcomed and that they can access the event as much as possible because we know this is really hard work it looks like great fun being up on a stage but it's actually incredibly hard work and you put a lot of yourself into it many of the performances will be relaxed performances so have a look on the website for which those will be and that means uh, that it is possible for people to leave the space if they need to there will be a quiet space for people to go if they need it the artists will kind of introduce themselves and the work we've we're really lucky to have the difference engine this year at the festival which uh, I believe works through an app on your phone is that right it does yeah Yeah. so um, we've used that I've used that in my practice before and we've had amazing feedback about it Um, we've had people who are hard of hearing who have had a really amazing experience of our show which is very text heavy because they've been able to use the difference Mm -hmm. engine and essentially what you have to do is you download an app um, the text or the script is already programmed into that app um, and we have an operator that runs it during the show so it happens basically like live captions but instead of having to look up at a screen which can mean that your eye is drawn not necessarily where you want it to be Mm. or possibly feel like they have less agency because they can't necessarily hear everything that's happening but they have to look in a certain place instead they can have that on their phone a lot more manageable for them to just look down and look up and look down and we've had yeah we've had amazing feedback of people who have used that and had really brilliant experiences of shows that's really cool and how many shows is that going to be integrated into I think we're aiming for, for most of them, I think. Them in the Neville. That's great. Yeah. And where, because we have some shows that are going on outside of the Neville, so we're looking at other ways around it. So there's mm. an open house, which is a discussion event where we're um, showcasing really exciting works in progress. And it's a free event to open the doors for people to come in and discuss the works in progress and their themes and discuss what's going on in the arts and what they'd like to see more of. We will hopefully have British Sign Language interpreters for that. And, yeah, it's it's just a really, I think, a really ambitious and comprehensive package we've really got to, yeah. for people to come in. And one really exciting part of it that I think we're all feeling really excited about is the ticket fund that we have this year. So we have a small pot of money that we are encouraging people to please uh, to give more to where they can that enables people that might not ordinarily be able to financially access the festival to be able to come so if you would like a ticket or two tickets so you can apply for up to two tickets you can email us at the party somewhere else at gmail.com or text us 
Uh, That's very impressive. That was a great bit of delivery there. I had that prepared uh, to apply for those tickets and and choose which show you would like to come. And that applies, I think, for all shows and events across the festival. And similarly, if people feel like they'd really love to offer that to other people, Mm. you can also donate a little bit of money to help us in order to do that, which is also a really special and beautiful thing to do. And every time somebody does that, we're really excited and, you know, we've got the pie poppers out and everything. (laughs) You could do that through PayPal, through our email, or through, we have a Patreon. So if you look for the party somewhere else on Patreon, all that information is on our social media and on our website. We've already had donations come in, haven't we? We've already had requests come in. So we're really excited about that. That's fantastic. And can you tell me a little bit more about the actual collective? Because you're a big group of people, aren't you, that are putting this festival together and you've all got different disciplines that you work in. Tell me a little bit about the kind of people you've got involved. Yeah, sure. I'm worried because there's like so many of us that we're going to forget somebody. (laughs) Well, it's worth saying if you'd like to find out about us all individually, do go on the website because there's a Meet Our Team tab on the website that gives you a little bit of information about all 12 of us. Yeah, which is comprehensive and then no one will be forgotten. But in terms of... <laughs> Just give um, us a flavour of People, yeah. like the kind of work that we do and individuals do, we have people who have directed in the industry mm. for a really long time, people who have been involved with um, youth theatre but also running their own companies, like successful companies which have been Arts Council funded and have toured um, across the country people who are experts in rural touring, mm. people who are experts in well-being, things that go to go hand in hand with that. We've got people who are more on the design end. Yeah. Um, so people who are experts in kind of designing theatre shows and designing spaces, which is one of the things that we really try to do with the festival each year is create an environment for you to be in. Um, and that's very much thanks to those designers. But also people who do marketing and that's their kind of specific thing mm. am i forgetting anything probably i think you've got it pretty covered <laughs> and i think all um, of the colors of the rainbow <laughs> <laughs> i think that is one of the great strengths of what we do as a collective of 12 of us with such diverse skills bases is we all have like a different piece of the puzzle <clears throat> that we're bringing together which is what i think makes this so comprehensive and somehow We make it work with 12 of us together, which could be a bit unwieldy, but it's also something we're really passionate about, that we don't have a hierarchical status structure. So there's not one person at the top making decisions, but there's a collective of 12 of us who are holding the weight between us. And I think that's a really exciting thing. And I think that one of the amazing things as well is because everyone's worked in the industry for a long time, like quite a while, um, and they've probably been artists in that industry. We really try to make sure that um, the party atmosphere doesn't just happen for the audiences, but also happens for the artists that are involved. We try to look after the artists as much as the audiences and it's just a shame that we can't have more. I mean, maybe one day we'll have an even longer festival because <laughs> I think there was so much work that we couldn't have in the festival that would yeah, have been amazing we just as literally well. didn't have space for. Yeah. yeah. We've got shows on in the Neville studio, here in the pod, outside. There's going to be a kind of a structure. Oh, yeah, that's going to be amazing. Outside. Grayscale, which um, was performed at Vaults as well. Yeah. Um, and that's all to do with, I guess, it's linked with dating, but also linked 
a bit to Me Too and the Me Too movement. Um, and that is looking really exciting. But mm. you need to get your tickets very quickly for that because I think it's 10 person at a time. They are doing multiple shows, but it's restricted. That's really cool. So, so just to wrap up, tell me maybe three shows that you think people just can't miss in the run of the festival. I know it's hard to whittle them choice. down. Depends what you want as well. Well, what are, so, you, what are you two most looking forward oh, to okay. seeing? Can we that give three each? Would that yeah, be all right? Yeah, that okay. sounds good. I'll tell you my three that I'm well, we've got one show that is being performed between two spaces. It will be at the Spiegel Tent in town. Uh, it's called Sing Me a Story by a company called Mama Sings, and they are also coming to the Playhouse. I'm excited about that because that is a bespoke performance for the Pomoja Women Together group from Nottinghamshire Refugee Forum. So they will come here, but the public can also see it at the Spiegel Tent, mm-hmm. and that will be a lovely one to take little ones to. I think it's appropriate for very little ones. And, oh, my goodness, how do I choose another one? I would go for the question because I'm really excited to see a show that's going to be completely improvised I've got no idea what's going to happen, and that's going to be on the Saturday night. Very nice. What about you, Very good list. Um, So I am really, really looking forward to... One of the shows I'm really looking forward to seeing is Kill the Princess. Mm -hmm. We had these guys in for a scratch last year, I believe, and what they showed was hilarious, um, really funny, and it's all to do with breaking down... Um, the ideas of what a woman is in a fairy tale, what we are in real life, but also done in a very, in a really funny cabaret style, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm also um, keeping on the lines of like the word kill because I'm a bit more dark than most. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to a show called Lady Killer, which yeah. did amazingly in Edinburgh last year, which we're really lucky to have and also is going to be really funny and interesting and I think a little bit uncomfortable but in a really great way it's a kind of show I think that you'll enjoy if you like things like Killing Eve or a little bit more of a look through the darker lens I guess Mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to see that one and then we have a show called Girls as well which we were really lucky to have um, which I think is it's a bigger cast of people and it's going to be really physical um, and all to do again with girls kind of experiences in life and I think that's just going to be really energetic and really boisterous and strong as a piece as well Um, if you're interested in something that is I guess Good night out, but also makes you think a little bit more. So we've really got loads of amazing stuff in there. Such a great spread of work. Yes. I know I'm really excited. And it's going to be great having you all in the building for so many days. Yeah. And seeing all the different work and all the outreach that's happening around the building yeah. and in the city centre as well. Where can people get their tickets for the shows? Yeah, you can get them here um, at Nottingham Playhouse. You can either get them on the website or you can pop in or you can phone like if you want to talk to a real person and nice. tell them what you want, um, then you can get them through Nottingham Playhouse. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for your time today, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So there you have it, Kath and Alwyn from the aptly named Party Somewhere Else because it really is a bit of a party atmosphere. It really is. I love the fact it's so inclusive and there's this fun for everyone. They've considered all ages. They've even got something for the dads. They certainly do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
That's brilliant. So that's starting very soon and uh, look out for all the details on our website. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do. And if you could leave us a little review, that'd be really useful. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's all we have for you this month. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, Join us again next time when the party continues. But for now, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Bye.